San Diego First Church and anyone else who is listening in, good afternoon. It is great to be with you. I'm glad you have joined us. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this, this is our uh, regular weekly podcast called First Impressions, and it allows us to look at the lectionary reading of the week that will be used on Sunday morning in um, the service. And just take a look at what are some of the first impressions we have of this particular passage. Um, my name is Dee, and I am here with Tyler Ellison, who is not at least at this point uh, joining me to join in the conversation, though I hope he does that in the future. But he is doing all the sound engineering and prep work and uh, communication and everything else that he does that happens often behind the scenes um, that all of us appreciate, but sometimes don't recognize until it's mentioned. So Tyler, it's great to have you here. It's nice to have someone else in the room um, and not just be doing this by myself. Um, we are looking for this forward to this coming Sunday where the particular um, text is coming out of the Old Testament. We completed our series on First Peter and we will be moving in the near future into some readings out of Romans. But the Sunday seemed appropriate to dig in a little bit uh, more deeply into one of the passages um, that feels a little bit like it's easy to take out of context. So in a few minutes, I'll give you a little bit of context to it and then some first impressions, and then we'll dig deeper on Sunday morning. The passage is Numbers chapter 11, verses 24 through 30. Numbers chapter 11, 24 through 30. And so I am reading this week out of the NIV. Um, and so if you'd like to follow along, wonderful. If not, just listen in. Beginning with verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him, and he took of the spirit that was on him and put the spirit on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. However, two men, whose names were Eldad and Medad, had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, this is what he said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, that's an unusual passage. In a rather unusual book, um, Numbers, to a great extent, is exactly as its name indicates. It is a book where the writer does a lot of counting. I remember an old adage um, that is said of businesses and organizations, 
you count that which is important. So if you want to look at a business and find out what is, or an organization and find out what's important to them, find out what they count. And that may give an indication. I don't know that that's 100% true all the time, but it is interesting to look at the book of numbers and see the things that they count. And numbers does a number of things, no pun intended. It is um, a book that reiterates things that we have heard in earlier books of the Old Testament as part of the Pentateuch, uh, the first five books of the Bible. It reiterates certain stories of the exodus of the people coming out of Egypt, of their time in the desert. It talks about the dimensions of uh, the, the tent where the Lord resides, um, the Spirit of the Lord. And it lists over and over again families and their children and their children's children and who were part of the various groups that are out in the wilderness. And here, right in the middle of some of this that's going on, we have a story that talks about elders coming around to be told what it is that God said to Moses. And in the middle of this, the 70 elders that gathered, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, and they prophesied. We're not exactly sure what that means, but it probably includes that they broke out in worship to God, that they praised God, they spoke about the goodness of God, and maybe at some level spoke about the things that were to come if the people followed God's leading and calling. The reason that they have been gathered together is that first, the people in the wilderness complained. Earlier in this chapter, we find that the people are very, very frustrated because they're not pleased with the type of food or the shortage of food. They wish they had more things to eat. And they say in verse 5, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now we've lost our appetite. We've never seen anything but this manna that keeps appearing every day. So here we have God who is providing for them. And they're growing weary of being out in the wilderness. This corresponds to several of the complaints they have. Complaints that went to the extreme of saying, we wish we were back in Egypt. We wish we were back in slavery. Uh, wow, that is startling, to say the least. So Moses goes to God and explains the complaints and listens as God's response comes. That's why Moses then comes from having been with God and told the people what the Lord had said. And what happens after this passage is that God created a, um, I don't know if it was a wind pattern, a change in the weather, but blew in all kinds of quail into the encampment of the people, and they landed for the people to eat meat, quail. So now they have quail and manna, and God provides enough for everyone. 
So this falls in the midst of two miracles, the miracle of the manna and the miracle of the quail. But there seems to be a different kind of miracle that takes place when the spirit that's on Moses gets distributed to all of the elders and they all prophesy. This is an interesting passage and what jumps off the page to me at the very um, first reading is Moses's comment to the people who are complaining that two who weren't with the others when all of this happened Somehow the Spirit of God came on them, and they prophesied throughout the camp. It seems that somebody doesn't like that, like they didn't deserve it. Um, they weren't there with all of the others. Why did they get the same blessing? It is this sense sometimes within us that something doesn't seem fair. I've received something, but I don't think that other person was supposed to receive it. Moses has an interesting reply. Are you jealous for my sake? And then Moses says, I wish everybody did this. There are so many passages in Scripture, or at least some key ones. I don't know that I should say so many. But it recognizes over and over again the human nature quality where we define who is in and who is out. Who's part of the us group? And who's part of the they group? And we have both Old Testament and New Testament where God keeps breaking down those barriers. One of the primary messages we find in Scripture is the admonition to be hospitable to the alien, to the stranger, because you are strangers in a foreign land. This is not your home. You are members of the kingdom of heaven. And as citizens of that kingdom, you become an alien in the land in which you currently live. So this notion of you've been an outsider, you know what it feels like to be an outsider. Treat outsiders with the same hospitality and kindness you would treat any member of your family. Be inclusive, be loving, be kind, be hospitable. And here we have one more iteration of that, where Eldad and Medad didn't happen to be at the place they were supposed to be when all of this took place where the Spirit descended on the elders. And yet God chose to bless them. God chose to bless them. It's the Spirit of God. God has the right and privilege to bless whomever God chooses to bless. Or maybe said a better way, God's truth can be spoken through anyone. I love when I hear a message of grace and kindness, the gospel good news, through someone I didn't expect. And then I get reminded, oh yeah, God, <laughs> this is your good news. It can come through anyone you choose. And I need to pay attention to what the nugget of truth is that is spoken in a moment through someone's voice that I might have dismissed for 
any number of reasons. Some of the reasons may be good, but it's never good to miss out on where God is working and how God is working and give God the freedom. doesn't matter whether I give it to God or not. God has the power to speak through anyone or anything in any way at any time as God chooses. That opens up my mind, opens up my eyes to see God's fingerprints everywhere. So that's my first impression of this passage, this whole notion of being jealous for good things that God is doing and how that short circuits us receiving the full blessing of seeing God all around us. We'll, we'll dig deeper when we come to the sermon message on Sunday. Um, and I hope you have some first impressions. It's an odd passage, but I do encourage you to read it. Numbers 11, verses 24 through 30. And allow it to lead you to some questions like, who might God be speaking through that I haven't been paying attention to or listening to? Who have I dismissed because they aren't part of the us crowd? And how might I need to change my perceptions of how God works? I hope you have a wonderful week. As always, I look forward to being with you in the future. And thanks for joining us today. Have a great week.